You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Davey Portman here, and I am joined this week not with the Brady, but with Wei Ting for a very special edition of Up Next, or should I call it Up Next's Little Brother? <laughs> How are oh, you today, Wei? Oh, I'm, I'm ready to make this a combo, because, uh, yep. wow, yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, you know, uh, Brayden, uh, Gave me the call. Uh, I finally get the call up, in my opinion, to the real A-list show up next. I'm very excited. This is the first time I get to do a show with you, Davey. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is exciting. And it must be nice doing a hour show rather than your usual Raw and Smackdown. Oh, yeah. And not to mention a show that uh, doesn't feature feces in the main event angle. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, talking of feces, can you can you smell that uh, way, or can can you hear uh, that noise? Uh, oh, not really. No, it it sounds like it's it's coming home. What? It's coming home way. What do you, What do you mean? Football is coming home. Oh. Yes, it's been okay. a very, very exciting <laughs> week for England I was, football. <laughs> I was so lost. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, yes, it is big. It is big for you. I understand, obviously, uh, being 
being from England, uh, this means way more to you than it probably does to me or Brayden. But can you catch me up as somebody who has not been following this sure. at all? So we're now down to the quarterfinals. Um, England played uh, Colombia um, on, when was it, Thursday and, uh, no, Tuesday, sorry. Um, as long as I've been watching football, England have only ever won one penalty shootout. So it's you've got regulation time, which is 90 mm-hmm. minutes. And then in the knockout stages of the tournament, if there's no winner by then, it, they play for an extra 30 minutes. And if there's still no winner, it goes to penalty shootouts. Now, as long as I've been watching, we have lost, I think, I think it's six or seven penalty shootouts in major tournaments. So mm-hmm. as soon as you hear it goes to penalties, we're kind of resigned to losing and we won so it means we've actually got sweden on saturday morning in the quarters which i feel we should be able to take them uh tomorrow's a big game a big day we have brazil against belgium and uruguay and france on the other side so Mm. it it looks like england knock on wood has a really good chance this year of at least making it to the finals which they haven't done for a for a very long time so it's it's very exciting. So yeah, hopefully football is coming home. Now you're making me want to cheer for England. Jeez. You should. You should well. start. Like, I mean, this is the exciting time to watch now. It's been a really great tournament, actually. And um, at the bar, there's been lots of people who don't normally watch football who have who've really got into this tournament. Um, ha, ha, uh, when was the last time England won? Have they ever? Uh, no, they won in 1966. Okay. So... Mm. Um, my mum remembers it. It was when she was a child, but uh, that's like yeah, as it's almost as long, long as a drought as as the Leafs. Yeah, yeah, it's a very long time, and we haven't won the Euros in that time. We've come close, like we've got knocked out of the semis a couple of times in in big tournaments, but uh, recently, like the last few years, especially, it's been pretty terrible for England, and we haven't even been making it out of the group stages. So uh, it's exciting this year. We've got. Uh, Harry Kane, who at the moment I think is the Wait, Golden Boots. His um, name is Harry Kane. Harry Kane, yes. Like, as in, like, rock me like a Harry Kane. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. Um. So yeah, he's at the moment. Uh, I believe has uh the most goals in the tournament. So, uh, he's the star striker at the moment. Um, and. Yeah, it's it's been very exciting, but my you, nerves can't really take much more of this. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Do you regret like not being in England for this? I do. Um especially like if we were to make it through to the final, I I I'm going to have a really hard time being here and not back home. You should rethink uh, that visa thing. You should maybe fly back. I know. I mean, I'm looking at flights, but Really? Uh, I'm yeah. I could see that. I'm ho- see that. I'm hoping if I can put a little cheeky bet on a game and get some money it might be able to pay for a flight but hmm. realistically i need to be sensible <laughs> this is how I'm... addictions start i know <laughs> <laughs> so where do you well, watch like do you watch with like english people at least yeah so do you know the football factory i on... do yeah so yeah. i went there for the last game with um with a few british guys i know from a from a bar i go to uh locally uh so we went there and it was I'd say it was 80% English fans and 20% Colombians there. Uh, mm. So it, it's good to be around people who are into it because it 
it does get exciting and it's kind of different if you're just in a bar with it on in the background or watching it at home. Uh, you do need yeah. to be surrounded by people. Well, that's what I've always said about the city is that like you can, no matter what team you you cheer for, you, I mean, other than, I, I don't even know what teams are on, but like th- there are, Toronto is just like almost like a, a world map of like different sections of, of different uh, nation- cultures and nationalities. So no matter what team you, you want to cheer, you'll probably find a spot to do it in. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, You see just at my bar alone, just so many. uh, I served my first table after beating Columbia was actually a table of Colombians. So Mm. and I'm wearing my England shirt. So I I tried to be. They did actually. Yeah, Yeah. I was I was apologizing. I said I tried to get one of the Irish to serve you, but it has to be me. (laughs) So I apologize. Um, But yeah, we've been having a lot of Brazilians and French in as well. So uh, you're right. It's it's a great city for um it's like a real melting pot of countries here so well, it's now, pretty cool for a yeah. tournament like this well now you got me on board i i mean i simply want to see england win just to 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 hear the reaction on, on a future edition of up, up next because i'm sure you and Braden will have plenty of stories to tell if that if that were to happen um but man that's this is a big month for england between the world cup and of course the the uk nxt shows Exactly, yeah. Um, the British really are taking over at the moment, it I seems. Guess so, yeah. Uh, hmm. With that being said, uh, how does this ready? feel? How does this feel leading the show? Uh, it's it's different, yeah. Uh, it's I'm I'm very much used to Braden being the leader and sitting back and just giving my com- uh, comments. So <laughs> I I feel like I'm I've got a lot going on. I've got a load of pages open, and yeah. Uh, but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I hope he's listening right now because uh, Braden is very hard at work at uh, at his job. Uh, hopefully, I can do the show justice. Sure. And sorry, Braden, I do apologize. I know he was a bit mad with me this morning. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, it's happened to me. Completely my fault. Yeah, I um, I overslept today. Um, had a busy day at work, and then then my alarm didn't go off because my phone was unplugged. There, there so. is no worse feeling than to wake up and realize like you miss an important meeting or something like that. You know, yeah, take it I've, from me. I've yeah. done it for an audition before and I, I hate it because it's, it feels so unprofessional and, but it, mm-hmm. especially working a job like this, you can be in this heat, like doing a 10 hour shift. And when it's busy, you can go hours without even having water or whatever. So by the time you get home, you just crash and mm-hmm. you rely on alarms. Well, it's, it, it, I guess it's our chance to make up for it, hopefully. Maybe with, with this amazing, amazing, amazing review of NXT. Absolutely. NXT celebrating the 242nd birthday for America is kicking off tonight with Dakota Kai versus Santana Garrett. Um, I don't believe we've seen Santana Garrett since the Mae Young Classic, mm. um, which I didn't actually get around to watching. So this is the first time I'm seeing her. Um, do you know much about Santana Garrett, Way? Uh, just kind of from from things like that. I, I have seen her also on uh, Impact back when I was right. watching that show. Uh, I like her a lot. Uh, I know she's like a prominently featured in a lot of uh, MLW stuff right now. Uh, I think she's great. Like, I wasn't expecting to see her here. I almost... Like, I saw her and I was like, oh, did I miss, like, something about her signing or something? But as far as I know, she is not signed. Um, so, uh, but, you know, you look at her and you're like, wow, she's gorgeous. 
she's good in ring and she's one of the people that really makes you wonder why they haven't signed her yet so anyway she was featured prominently in this show Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I thought she was uh, really impressive. Um, having not seen her before, she did impress me. But obviously, the focus right now is on Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they seem to be building up a feud with Lacey Evans, uh, who put out a tweet saying it was another big match for NXT and yet another lost a loss. NXT isn't for little girls, sweetheart. So they're definitely building up this uh, mm-hmm. feud at the moment with Dakota Kai and Lacey Evans. Um, but going into the match, it starts off with the two trading side wrist locks. Uh, you get a big drop kick from Dakota onto Santana Garrett. Uh, Garrett hits a couple of wrist locks and then gets uh, her into like a modified arm bar where she's she's like hooking the arms and the legs and stretching up stretching the arm right out it's like something i've seen uh, uh, zach saber do yeah exactly really like locking tying every limb so you can't get out um she then runs at her and flips into a a muta lock mm-hmm. um and they start selling the story of uh dakota kai's neck um following the beatdowns and the match against Shayna baszler they're mm-hmm. they're selling that her neck might be a bit injured so she's really locking in that muta lock um and the commentary team start hinting that maybe Baszler is still on Dakota Kai's mind. She doesn't seem entirely focused on the match. Kind uh, of a very a... similar story to the main event, actually. It was actually. As I'm recapping this, I'm realizing there are a lot of things that echo with the the main event here. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a big step up Enziguri from Dakota. Uh, we get a face flush, a kind of halluva kick into the corner. She hits twice onto Garrett, then. I, this was a kind of flipping backstabber, um, mm-hmm. which Nigel called the Kai de Gras. Uh, I haven't seen this move before, but yeah, she she kind of flipped her into a backstabber, but more so in like the, the top of the back, lower neck area. I, I pray for her sake that, that the name of that move is not the, the Kai de Gras or whatever. Coup de Kai? Is that what he's... Uh. I think he called it the Kai de Gras. Yeah. It is terrible. Um, terrible. There are a few moves in uh, in NXT where I'm not sure if Nigel's just just making it up or or they are the proper names of these moves now. But yeah, it's not the greatest name. But I, I did like the finish. I thought it looked a pretty deadly finisher. Um, obviously, the focus here is on Dakota Kai. They're... Mm. Um, they're actually building the women's division pretty well at the moment, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've still got Shayna very much at the top, but you've got all these little side feuds, which I am enjoying because it's it's really putting focus on these characters, which I think after we lost like the the Bailey, Sashas, Beckys, mm-hmm. and then and then uh, Asuka, yeah, um, it's really felt like they've had to build up from the uh, from the ground up again, uh, and I I like what they're doing here. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think um, you know, uh obviously, you know, they're to me it feels like they're trying to to rebuild another Bailey uh for maybe their their younger audience and I think the Kai is a good candidate. I think in ring she's very good. Um I like her kicks. She's got some pretty good fire. Um perhaps though, I uh, you know, I'm still waiting for her to really leave an impression on me. Uh I think she's still kind of working out figuring out that whole shy thing. Uh, and as a result, maybe I haven't seen necessarily her give really a breakout performance yet. 
Um, and I also like Santana Garrett. Like I said, I, I, I think she's somebody that, uh, I'm sure they already have their eye on. Um, but for whatever reason, maybe she turned it down. Maybe who knows? Uh, she's not signed yet. Uh, I also haven't seen a ton of Santana Garrett's promos, but I can't imagine her being worse than some of the other talent that's around in that system. So uh, I hope to see more of her, whether it be in NXT or or on, on a different stage. Uh, I thought this was a pretty good short TV match. I agree, yeah. Uh, I think the women's division is looking pretty promising now. Um, and maybe we'll see uh, Santana Garrett in the May Young Classic again. I don't believe mm. they've announced the... Uh, competitors in that yet have they i don't not to my knowledge no i'm not even no. sure when it's happening no i mean it, it seemed they mentioned it a few times during the show so i yeah. assume it's going to happen quite soon right uh we then go into a little video of ec3 arriving at full sail suited up looking all cocky and then we see gargano arrive um completely the opposite uh obviously still got champ on his mind um mm-hmm. we then get a little video saying Shayna Baszler will speak next but we cut to heavy machinery doing the selfie promo in the gym now I know you and John mock these selfie promos a lot but actually I think if anyone's allowed to do them it should be heavy machinery because yeah. I think these guys are hilarious and it it actually works with what they're doing they're they're working out in the gym uh Otis Dozovich says he's got some steaks on the grill in the back and he loves his steak thick and juicy, but rare, never overcooked. Um, oh. I completely agree. I, I like mine more a medium rare, personally. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't really do rare. I mean, it also no. depends on, 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 on the quality of steak, too. If we're talking like a nicer cut, then definitely. Uh, you can go a bit more raw, but ah, if it's a shitty cut, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Us Brits tend to like it, like, burnt to a crisp, uh, mm-hmm. but... We're starting to get more cultured with that. And yeah, I like a bit of pink in the middle. Um, he goes to check on the grill at the back and we we hear a noise. So he, he runs back and sees Tucker's been taken out, weights all around him. Uh, we assume the mighty have taken out Tucker Knight. And that will have implications for later tonight in the show. It's the assumption, but it was never explicitly said, you know? No, it seemed like I thought it was more maybe they've tampered with the with the weights or whatever because i it didn't look like a beat down it looked more like the thing dropped on him but yeah, yeah we we assume it was the mighty but I th- who I knows th- it or or like maybe the guy just tried to lift a lot more than he could and he just he injured himself <laughs> but but it does seem like they're they're somewhat trying to establish a bit of a mystery surrounding this like we don't exactly know who it is we had um uh percy suggest that it's probably the mighty but they never explicitly said it um no but you did mention, like, you know, our, my personal disdain for a lot of the selfie promos that we see on uh, WWE programming. Uh, but I'll say, you know, seeing them in NXT, they're kind of different. Like, in that, it's fun for me to watch NXT sometimes to see the production differences uh, that, that, they, that they employ, despite them being the same company. Um, here, like, I see these selfie promos being done. And, like, this one, I could actually buy that, that Dozovich was, like, in the middle of, like, uh, Instagram living or something like that, and he just so happened exactly, to, yeah. to capture this incident. Whereas, like with the WWE, you see the performers just use their cell phones strictly for the purpose of cutting promos. And like, why would anybody really do that? You know, I think you should only use things like cell phones if it's in like 
something plausible that these people would do anyway, regardless of, of this wrestling television show. Uh, so I, I like it a lot more in this context. Exactly. It's logical. They're working out in the in the PC. There's not going to be cameras around. They're using yourself when they're just backstage at the arena. It's like, well, come on, you've got how many production crew members there with cameras that could mm-hmm. just film you nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think in general, like NXT just seems so much more logical and mm-hmm. just little touches like that uh, prove it. Agreed. We then go to Shayna, who enters. She's in the ring. She says, everyone kept asking me, Shayna, how do you handle someone crazy like Nikki Cross? And when the dog goes rabid, you put it to sleep. Uh, you people asked the question and Chicago, I answered. And she holds up her women's title belt. I am the most dominant force. No matter how many ways you ask the question, the answer will always be the same. She then, then challenges the audience to ask her the question. She goes on to say, everyone's talking on Twitter about the best athlete, Bianca Belair, the pirate with the elbow drop, Candice. And she says, Candice should be at home looking after her poor husband. Uh, She goes on to say that they have to do another Mae Young Classic to even find the talent to be worthy of competing against her. But the answer will always be the same. I will put them to sleep and you will hear... And still your NXT Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of this promo here? You know, I, I'm a fan of Shayna. Like, I thought this was a good promo. Uh, maybe it, for me, it's like, though, I, I feel like I kind of got a sense of what she was like prior to her wrestling career. I kind of know her a bit from MMA. Where, I mean, even in that context, I, I never took her as somebody who had this level of confidence or delivery. Um, at least in a pro wrestling sense, and to see her come out here, um, and 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 just like play the bully really well, do a promo like this without you know stuttering or or uh screwing up any of her lines. I mean, I I'm always actually quite impressed when I see her on TV now. I I just think she does a very good job. I agree. I think she's completely believable. I know Braden's not a big fan of hers, but. I do think she's right for this title at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, commentary said it's going to have to be someone extremely special to take her on. I'm starting to wonder, are they bringing someone in for Brooklyn? Someone from outside or someone we haven't seen yet? Well, who are the uh, candidates, you think? I mean, they're giving some TV time to Dakota Kai. Uh, Kyrie seems to be on the back burner right now. Yeah, Kyrie's tied up with Vanessa Bourne. Uh, we saw Bianca Belair later in the show. Um, I don't think there's a clear candidate right now. So I'm I'm wondering if they're going to bring someone in or maybe bring someone down from the main roster to for a match yeah. uh, at Brooklyn. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't quite see where it's going yet. Hmm. But I just found it interesting to note they said it's going to take someone extremely special. So I'm just extremely thinking maybe it's someone we haven't special. seen. Extreme, yeah. extreme. Let me think about this. Lita. Ooh. <laughs> There you go. You know what? That's not the craziest idea. No. I know they like making Brooklyn, like Brooklyn is their WrestleMania. Yeah. So they might want to do something big for that. Because I can't see, as I, I like what they're doing with the women's division, but I don't think there's a clear candidate yet. Mm. Yeah, no one's really um, ready. We go on to see a tweet uh, that only Law can put out of his eye injury he took from... Uh, 
from the takeover match. It looks nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be out for a while. And Kathy Kelly interviews L- Danny Birch. Lorcan said sorry. three months. Or sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, Birch said three months. So has he fractured his orb- orbital? I assume. I like believe his- so. Yeah. Yeah. It looks nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny Birch goes on to say that twenty-five years combined for this moment, and they came this close. Uh, he's obviously very disappointed. Uh, Undisputed Era comes out calling Danny Birchy. He calls Danny a loser and say they are back of the line as soon as Oni comes back. Uh, they're not going to come anywhere near their NXT titles and that they themselves are actually... Oh, sorry for the championship. Uh, they themselves are invoking their rematch next week uh, against uh, Mustache, Mustache Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Birch tells him that they are missing something and that he has pinned Kyle before, so hush it. Uh, and calls out Adam Cole for a match next week and tells him to put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this. I do like Danny Birch. I, both him and Oni Lorcan, I think they're great. Um, they put on great matches during these TV shows. Their, their match at TakeOver was fantastic, mm-hmm. but I honestly can't see them really having a TakeOver again very soon. But uh, Cole versus Birch is something I think will be pretty good next week. I think so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that's a good, you know, TV level main event that you could spend a week to build up to, and and I think it be it could be satisfying. It's nice to see them give somebody like a Danny Birch uh, more of a stage to not only you know wrestle but also to talk and try to get some personality over. Um, I I feel like maybe at the moment he still appears maybe perhaps a little bit dry and generic. But I think it's like, you know, angles like this that that are good starts for him. I agree. He he just comes across such like just a guy down the pub back mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like how he goes so hush. Uh, it's yeah, it's very British. Sorry. <laughs> so hush? Hush, like hush your mouth. Be oh, quiet. Okay, okay. Shut up. So that's a thing. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Um, we hear some other slang later with Mustache Mountain. Uh, and notice that... Um, Bobby Bobby Fish was there as well. I like that they're just keeping him around to you know it's remind so, you he's part of it. Yeah, it's so interesting. And like to me, like, yeah, just to see Bobby Fish there, it makes me think about all the possibilities of like what stories you could tell with him coming out of this. Cause I mean, obviously in real life, I'm sure the guy is just pissed. And like he's seeing these guys, his partners have such great matches, just and and like he must feel like so much kind of resent for missing out. Obviously he's happy too, but like at the same time, I think the assumption that he might be resentful of all this makes for some great uh, potential drama that you could tell with the story, like his, uh, what he, what he does come back and just to have him like, even in those video packages later on, you could show him just shit, sitting in the background here, um, listening to his partner speak and him not being able to say a word, even, even in a promo like this, uh it, it's it's quite interesting to me absolutely yeah and i i could definitely see down the line there being dissension between him and the rest of them like if mm-hmm. they do get their tag titles back you could have a little maybe go free bird with it and but arguing over who's going to be the ones defending or whatever because yeah he failed the first time because he injured himself mm-hmm. and, um yeah but it it was cool that he's still hanging around uh yep. we then cut to a war raiders vignette it says the war is here the rain has begun they've traveled all over the world have won six tag team titles 
destruction and chaos Rowan Hansen. We see clips of them killing JC and Chris. Uh, clips of them killing all these jobbers. And then everyone falls to the War Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you like this? I do. I don't know where they're going with them. Um, mm. I, I don't think they've been around long enough to be challenging for the tag titles yet. But I was assuming the uh, Mustache Mountain and Undisputed would be maybe for TakeOver. But it does announce they're doing it next week. So... I wonder if they're going to move away from that story and then insert the War Raiders or yeah or what. There's they don't seem to have anybody at the moment. My prediction is that Mustache Mountain loses it back to uh, Undisputed Era and then Undisputed Era versus War Raiders somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe a three way would be cool. Yeah, at Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you like these guys? I do like them. Yeah, I wasn't really watching a whole lot of uh, New Japan or ROH when these guys really had their run. So uh, there's still a lot I probably haven't seen yet of theirs. Uh, but I mean, just from what I have seen, they they've been very exciting to watch. Yeah. We then get a recap of Black and Champa from last week, and it confirms that in three weeks' time, Champa is challenging Black for the NXT title. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. What do you think we see a title change? I don't know. Um so they're clearly going to be doing Champa and Gargano at Takeover, I would think, mm-hmm. and that's why they're getting this match out of the way now. Mm-hmm. Um I think maybe yeah, just do it. Stick the title on Champa. This this run with Black has it's been fine, but it's not been the main priority. I'd say yeah. I'd really say it's You'd have Gargano Champa at the top of priority and then Undisputed Era just below them mm-hmm. and then the women's and then this title. It seems really low down. Yeah. So I think maybe elevate that title and, and put it on Champa and have it have it main event Brooklyn. But I worry that, you know, having Black lose it without really accomplishing much with that title thus far, I think would probably, in my opinion, hurt his uh, uh, reputation. Um, I feel like you could do another Champa Gargano match even without the title. I mean, you know, you have. You I mean, simply, that's the. Yeah. Sorry. sorry go ahead. Well, you simply have Gargano cost Champa, and that's it. Yeah, I I think that's what they'll probably end up doing. Yeah. Um, to because Regal's still not letting Gargano get his revenge, so mm-hmm. I think Gargano costs him next uh, in a few weeks, and that's what leads to their final match. Hmm. Uh, we go to the Mighty versus Heavy Machinery. Uh, the Mighty come out with their new entrance gear, long coats, long trunks. I think they've got long music. Nigel McGuinness calls mm. them the two Aussie action heroes. Uh, it's then confirmed this is going to be a two-on-one handicap match. The match starts with Shane throwing a towel at Otis and pissing him off. Otis takes them both out with shoulder, shoulder blocks, clotheslines, throws them back all out the ring, shouts... No one messes with my brother. And Nigel has to ask Percy what he said. You speak, meathead. Uh, Shane tries to clothesline Thorn and it pisses off Otis and he kills him with a huge forearm. Uh, Miller tries to slam Dozovic's head on the turnbuckle, but he can't. So Otis does it to him instead. This is where the mighty then pick up the advantage. Shane Thorn creeps into the ring and pulls Dozovic to the outside by his hair. Um, I thought this looked quite weak, actually. Otis took to 
took or seemed to be selling it like it was a huge bump, but he he really just took a little topple out the ring. But mm. it's how the mighty got the advantage back. Uh, they then start to beat down on him on the outside, uh, grounding pa- ground and pound on Otis. Uh, tries a double back body drop, but only a two count. And then Nigel says, "Look at that ugly mug," referring to uh, to Otis Dozovic. Uh, they're then d- double stomping Otis in the corner, trading quick tags. They then go for a double suplex, and Otis reverses it and suplexes them both, which looked pretty impressive. Um, series of shoulder blocks to both. Big overhead throw. Double splash in the corner. He then does his worm, but this time hitting an elbow drop to one and then gets straight back up and hits an elbow drop to the other. Uh, Dozovic then goes for the fader bomb, but Miller saves Thorne. Then there's a driving knee to Otis to the head from Thorne. Tag, and then they hit their double team finisher, which is a driving northern lariat to the back of the head. And the mighty pin Dozovic, and they celebrate as if they've just won the NXT title. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So coming off of this, uh, sorry, before this, the mighty lost to the War Raiders, and did they have anything else after that? They've no, they've just been feuding, uh, with uh with heavy machinery. Really, they picked up their two wins over them. Uh, both by cheating. I see. Uh, that's that's all really they've been programmed with at right. the moment. Right. Um, okay. And they've had a couple of jobber squash matches since being like rebranded. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought Dozovic did well here. You know, uh, in in this handicap match, he uh, he had a lot of ring time, and I thought uh, his offense looked looked a lot of fun. He's like he's fun in that like big dumb but lovable friend type of way. Um, got the crowd on his side pretty well. Uh, I like the mighty. Much more as heels. I think their charisma really comes through. I agree. They they're really coming into their own now. Um, I I don't. I'm not a massive fan of their finisher. I think it's. I think it's maybe because Dozovic is so big. Mm-hmm. I think it it looked more deadly when they were doing it to skinny jobbers because they're really taking their heads off. But I think mm-hmm. Dozovic is so big that it just it didn't look as effective as it should have. Right. Um. So maybe they have might they should rethink that when facing all these big guys. Um, hmm. But yeah, I think I don't see any of them really challenging for the title anytime soon. Not yet. Um, but I think you're right. The Mighty especially are starting to to look way better than they were as TM61. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I think, I think they're a team that you could probably take some time with. You know, let them really kind of find their personality, let them have some great matches, really kind of build up some buzz before you give them a title run. Yeah, I mean, when you think back to the revival, they they went through sort of three name changes. I think they were mm-hmm. called the Mechanics at one point, and they they were doing nothing for good. I'd like to say three years before they they were just killing it and being the star attractions really of those takeovers with DIY. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's no need to rush these guys. I think they are very talented, and as long as they can stay injury free. Um, yeah. maybe in a year or so they'll they'll be proper contenders. Uh, we cut to Bianca Belair, who's on her honeymoon. Um, she's just lounging on this like loungy hammock, uh, reading tweets from the girls who think they deserve a shot at the NXT title. She says, one girl runs around like a wild lunatic, 
another thinks she's a real-life pirate, and another is a captain of a team that doesn't exist. And don't even get me started on the girl who can't even focus on herself because she is too busy worrying about what her husband is doing. Mm. Undefeated, because I haven't been pinned by any of these girls. And she says girls really condescendingly. She was, like, she wanted to say bitch, but uh, she stopped herself, is is the impression that I got. Yeah, and I, I felt as well just, like, calling them girls rather than women, it's like they're beneath her and they're just silly little girls right. playing around and this is a women's game and she's the woman, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, I really like this promo. Yeah. Um, I think she's got so much personality. She's insanely good in the ring. Uh, very different as well. Different style to everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing more of her. Yeah, I thought she was great here. Um, that presence is very strong, I think, with her. Uh only thing I feel like would have been better about this is I would think I think I want to see her slow down a little bit here. I still really got the sense that she had a script memorized and was just kind of blasting through a lot of those lines without naturally kind of letting some of those words breathe. Um, but beyond that, I I mean, she definitely has a ton of potential. Yeah. We then go to future Mrs. Portman, Kyrie Zane, who mm-hmm. said that she heard what Vanessa said about her. Um, Vanessa Bourne cut a promo on her last week and she's been running her mouth a lot on Twitter. Um, So Kyrie says, I heard what Vanessa said. I think she needs to focus more on fighting, but that's okay. Let's have a match. Vanessa, I will beat you, make you walk the plank and then take the treasure, the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah. I thought this started off fine. Um, like, I like all the stuff where she just talks about how, uh, you know, she heard what he said, she she said on Twitter, yada, yada, yada. But then all of a sudden, like, in the midst of this, like, journalist scrum interview, she breaks into promo mode and looks right into the camera and then just starts talking about, like, walking the plank and, like, taking your treasure. And at that point, it kind of took me out of it. Like, I feel like these scrum interviews should be kept, like like actual news interviews and, and and that's where you kind of deliver your real responses save your catchphrases and all this character stuff for an actual promo and i for me i feel all the pirate stuff feels really forced anyway so i wasn't the biggest fan of this yeah uh i don't disagree with you there um i i think this is the first time we've actually heard us speak as well on nxt tv oh. um so it's it does feel it also feels very rehearsed um mm-hmm. obviously it's it, english isn't her first language so mm. but yeah i i agree it did feel a bit uh hokey like talking about walking the plank and stuff during this scrum you're right it should just be i heard what you said less talking let's fight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you could have kept it like cut it in half yeah but I'll say, like, I mean, just trying to sense her level of English here. I mean, I feel like she's already mm, maybe better than Asuka. Yeah. And, like, because I've mentioned before, I I met her in New Orleans, and her, her English was good, I thought. Mm. Um, like, she understood everything I was saying and came up, like, answered pretty quick. So I think her English is better than Asuka. But... Um, yeah, it's it's going to be... I mean, 
as you said, Bianca Belair's sounded kind of rehearsed at times, and that's with English being in her first language. It's oh yeah, it's gonna be hard for these to sound natural. This is why, like, uh, I, I mean, I see what Nakamura's doing now, uh, and you know, he had some rough weeks too. But like, uh, as part of this heel run, he, he's done some really good promos, and that's why it's doubly impressive the fact that he's able to, you know, c- convey what he wants to convey with his character in a different language. I think time is so much as well. Nakamura really takes his time with everything he says. And it's, yeah, it is. And you can see him like pondering every question he's asked Mm -hmm. before, before he speaks. And it makes it seem more natural rather than just rushing through bullet point by bullet point of what they've got to say. Mm -hmm. Um, You should call her up and uh, give her some, give her some, some acting tips. Yeah. Uh, we then uh, see a tweet from William Regal confirming that Adam Cole versus Danny Birch will happen next week. Uh, we then have a match between Velveteen Dream and Chris Dijak. Um, we've only seen Chris Dijak once, and I believe that was against Ricochet. So mm-hmm. he's now against the Dream. Uh, Velveteen is sick of people coming in and getting opportunities based off of reputations elsewhere. So they're alluding to. Dijak's past uh, on the indies um, and I like this character of Velveteen Dream where he's because he's more of a performance center guy and just sick of all these indie wrestlers coming on he's right. he's great on Twitter just like shitting on these people and it I think it's really great for the character and adding mm-hmm. to his arrogance mm-hmm. um, Mauro plugs Dijak's athleticism and says he was uh, a top football player and scouted by many teams uh percy says he's been trimming down and is now on a 1500 cals per day diet which good for him <laughs> 1500 uh, yeah is that like what is that like i think two well, big macs <laughs> yeah like men are recommended 2000 a day huh. so wow. thinking to do 1500 and then all the workouts they're doing that's tough hmm. i mean the rock probably has Seven, eight thousand a day, I think. Uh, yeah, got like fifty Big Macs. Yeah. Um, Dijak pushes Dream into the corner, uh, breaks the hold just before the five count, and goes to say "feast your eyes," but Dream cuts him off before he says "eyes" by putting his finger to his lips. He then does the Velveteen Dream pose and gets a huge cheer from the crowd. Uh, Dream then wrestles Dijak to the corner this time, gives him a double chop. And then Dijak returns the favor with a huge chop to his chest. Uh, Dijak goes to hit a big vertical suplex, vertical suplex and shouts, time to fly, and throws Dream across the ring. Um, this is where Dijak's now put on the top of the t- uh, turnbuckle and gets a super, chick- the super kick to the chest. Um... Dijak then just starts laying into Dream with some knees to the ribs. Feast your your eyes chant start from the crowd. We then get a let's go Dijak and Velveteen back and forth. We see a bit of fire from the Dream hitting a neck breaker. Hits his pose again and does a leg drop but only for a two count. Um, then see a reverse chin lock to Dijak. A huge right hand to the jaw of Dream. And then a, this big like discus rolling kick to dream that Nigel calls the tornado boot, but still only a two count. 
Dream then catches his leg on the ape, uh, catches Dijak's leg on the apron and sweeps him. And he takes this nasty bump face first into the steps, which pretty much writes him out for the match. Looked really good. It did look a really good bump. Yeah, and it um, needed to because it played into the uh, Dijak's finish, so he's protecting. Absolutely. Himself. Yeah. Um, he's then rolled into the ring. Dream hits him with this new finisher. It's it's almost like the Sister Abigail, but goes into more of a DDT. Yeah. And gets the three count. He doesn't have a name for it, does he? Like- no, no, I I haven't seen him do this before. Oh. Um, I feel like this is the first time. I feel um, like I saw him do it at, at the takeover, but. Maybe maybe he was just attempting it. Yeah. I don't recall it. Maybe he's done it before, but it's definitely not finished a match before. Mm, yeah. Um, maybe this is what he's using for bigger guys because mm-hmm. um, he can't do his, like, Death Valley driver role. Oh. And, I mean, that elbow's going to mess his hip up as well. Defin- so definitely. maybe definitely. he's trying to stick away for that and just keep that for... Big, big matches. You know, it's always just good to have a secondary finisher. And, like, uh, he's got such long arms that I think he can, like, pull this off, this move on, on anybody. Um, I like the match. You know, I, I think Dijak is really good at increasing the intensity of, of any match he's in. And he displayed that, like, rather early in this match with a lot of trash talking, um, very stiff-looking offense. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what their plans are for him. I mean, he's lost pretty much two in a row now, uh, in both appearances. Um, so I don't know if it's one of those things where like, we'll, we'll debut him, we'll chop him out and then we'll take him away and repackage him. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. We did have a listener the other week say about, um, perhaps pairing him up with Keith Lee when he comes in. Mm. So and I mean, we saw they did that with Undisputed. Both Kyle O'Reilly and um, Bobby Fish lost their first matches, and then they repackaged right. them as part of Undisputed. True. So yeah. yeah, I hope they've got stuff planned for him because uh, I think he's really good, but mm. just just lost in the shuffle at the moment. Yeah, and I'll say like he too, I think is is somebody who could benefit from a bit of a makeover. I also think he looks maybe a little bit generic and kind of quote unquote indie at the moment. So yeah. Something, some type of repackaging, I think, is in order. Absolutely. Um, Dreams then celebrating in the ring, and EC3's music hits, and he makes his entrance. Um, clearly showing EC3 is still pissed off that Dream walked out of him, uh, or out of their match at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, so maybe this is where they're going for TakeOver Brooklyn, EC3 Velveteen. Do you think they're turning Velveteen Dream babyface? I think the crowd have anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they won't necessarily change anything he's doing, but mm-hmm. um, I think he's in that role where you can have him against a face or a heel and it's going to work either way. Yeah. In this feud, though, with EC3, I mean, I think he'll be a total He'll definitely face. be the baby face. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, is that a match you'd want to see, do you think? Um, I would say, like, of, of your current crop of, like, you know... Uh, upper upper mid card to main event level talent uh that combination is probably one of the weaker ones in ring um, i agree but but i think the promos could be interesting uh i'm not so much looking forward to the match but maybe some of the promos could be good yeah i don't know whether it's a takeover match or not it doesn't feel big enough but mm-hmm. these do both seem like big characters who mm-hmm. who do need a kind of a takeover match so yeah i think it's 
just a spot filler, really, for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go backstage to see Mustache Mountain, uh, Trent and Bait. Uh, they say uh, they say they were called jokes and flukes by Undisputed Era, but it's going to be funny listening to them speak after he spanned their jaw. Uh, what isn't a joke or a fluke is thousands watching them at the Royal Albert Hall, beating them clean as a whistle. Uh, they did it at their homeland. Now it's only fair that they do it in full sail and bang them out there too. Sound. So that's another English slang. Sound. It means like, yeah, cool. Agree. Yeah. Sound. Sound. Sound and hush off. <laughs> cool. Sound and hush. Yeah. Sound and hush. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like people uh, are, are just kind of people seem cooler there. <laughs> people seem. A bit I don't more... know about that. It's just no? foreign to you, I guess. Wow. Um, it is it is nice to see uh Brits though not be playing just tea drinking like Queen's English Brits like yeah. with which we always used to see like with with Regal and mm-hmm. like Jack Gallagher. It used to be like any character from England would be that type of character. Right. And it's nice now to see just modern day real real modern day British guys and and using and not worrying about having to change like the slang they use or the language because it might not be understood yeah. like we Definitely. say sound well it's up to you to look up what sound means do you know what i mean there's no way this would exist on the main roster unless it no. was approved you know you'd have to spend time explaining to vince mcmahon what sound means and yeah. he would still he would have to like it you'd have to convince him uh so there it's another aspect of nxt that i enjoy i mean it it feels a lot more like something like this was unpro- uh, unscripted and, and kind of just left the performers to improvise. Uh, so I much prefer it too. Yeah. I I don't particularly like Bates' promo at the moment. Um, although I, I do say they, they both seem like real guys. It mm-hmm. doesn't... It seems like it's... It doesn't seem scripted so much what they're saying. But I mm-hmm. think he needs to find a lot more character in his voice um because he definitely displays it in the ring i think i think trent seven has it yeah um but i'd like to see bait improve on that front i really do wonder maybe what the the long 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 term uh plans are for somebody like a tyler bait because like the guy is so good but like uh it i just it's hard for me to see him like be put into any type of significant role on a raw or smackdown because of his size. I mean, maybe I'm still just conditioned from so many years of watching WWE TV, but like for me, I still feel, I kind of feel like maybe his best chances of, of being on the main roster is in a tag team with Trent seven. And you know, if he has Trent seven to kind of rely on to fill some of the the personality gaps that he has might not be such a bad thing to keep these two together. Yeah. And then when they're fully established up there, then you can split them apart and hopefully get over on his own but mm-hmm. i don't see that same flair you see in someone like a uh, johnny gargano yeah um right which he d- he does display it in his matches but you just it seems too just laid back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. in these interviews yeah um alistair black will be on nxt next week live uh so probably a talking segment or maybe just a, a squash match there i still like <sighs> 
they're just not doing it for me at all with this title run. Mm. He needs a like a strong opponent, and yeah, Champa is that, but like Champa is kind of just he's still involved in a feud with Gargano, so it doesn't necessarily feel like that's a character that's completely focused on on Alistair Black right now. Like Alistair Black, I think needs like his Darth Vader, you know, yeah. whoever that is. And I I really can't see where they're going with Brooklyn. I don't know if they I don't read ahead at all, and it's. I really try not to read the spoilers, so I don't know if a match is in place or not, but I can't see who he's facing hmm. um, because I don't think they're going to put him in the Gargano-Champa feud. I think that's got to be a one-on-one. And everyone else seems tied up. Yeah, I'm not sure. So you don't think they'll delay this all the way until TakeOver? Well, they announced the match for three weeks' time. Oh, right, yes, I missed that. So it, it's going to be on TV, but... I would think there's going to be some sort of screwy finish mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with Gargano. And then I guess you've got Ricochet. Ricochet yeah. um, is probably where they're going. But they need to start heating that up. Because if you're going to be focusing on this Champa match first, you're then only going to have, what, three weeks before TakeOver? Mm-hmm. If that, to build up this story with, I assume, Ricochet. But... Yeah, it's just not doing it for me right now. Hmm. Um, We then go to the EC3 versus Gargano match. Uh, Gargano comes to the ring. He looks uh, really sort of furious and focused. Uh, He goes straight at EC3, just throwing hands, pounding him down, throwing him out the ring, just really pursuing him. Um, He's he's clearly, his focus is on Champa and he's just pissed off and he's, really going for him uh ec3 then gets the advantage by getting him into a headlock and starts hitting these big shoulder blocks there's a luthes prez from gargano and a series of chops and forearms ec3 then gets some big chops in uh, and gargano tries to come back with some forearms but ec3 remains on top uh, ec3 then shouts how's your neck before hitting this somersault neck breaker and again similar to that women's match at the beginning of the show they're focusing on the the injured neck from takeover and all the beatdowns champa has done onto gargano so this is where ec3 starts doing this like neck pinch hold really trying to wear down that injured neck of gargano uh, and slow him down uh, we then see this big back elbow from EC3 and shouts, say my name, EC3, before hitting this massive elbow drop. Uh, Johnny then makes a comeback with a slingshot spear, followed up by a suicide dive. There's this huge clothesline from EC3. Step up Enziguri from Gargano. Uh, he goes for a dive off the top, but is caught by EC3, who goes for a slam. And then this is reversed into a Gargano escape attempt, but can't lock it in. And EC3 reverses that and picks him up into a standout, uh, sit-out powerbomb. I really like this little sequence. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. Um, but no three count. Uh, he then, uh, Gargano then comes back around and EC3 is just sitting there waiting. But it's mirroring that the end of TakeOver Chicago 1 where... Champa and Gargano are sat next to each other, defeated, and so Gargano's now looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. So Gargano's now looking at him, but he's seeing him as Champa. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see it in his eyes, he's like 
if this was a movie, you'd see like Champa replace EC3 at this point. Um, <laughs> so Johnny pounces on him, big forearm, forearms, hits these two huge super kicks, and then he exposes the knee. And the commentary team are like selling that Gargano's losing it. He's he's turning into what he hates. He's going too far. Uh, he goes for the big knee, but gets caught into a Feynman's carry which he reverses again into a Gargano escape. Um, Mauro shouts, Johnny Gargano has transmogrified before our very eyes. Uh, I love it when they use big words I don't know and have to look up. <laughs> I've never heard that before. but yeah. I've never heard this word. It didn't underline it, though, on my notes. So it, it is a real word. It's not made up. Mm. But transmogrified before our very eyes. I loved that line. Mm. Um EC3 gets the ropes, but Johnny's refusing to let go of the hold. Uh, he then hits a glancing kick to the head as EC3 is tied up in the ropes. Johnny Gargano has absolutely lost it. He then uh, has EC3 on the second rope and hits a draping DDT, the same move Champa used to beat Gargano at TakeOver. One, two, three... Johnny Gargano wins and has become exactly what he hates. Mm. He's gone to the dark side. Of the He's force. gone to the dark side. That's right. Yeah. You know, this turned into a, a really excellent dramatic match. Just telling, telling the story of Johnny Gargano snapping, still possessed by the loss to Ciampa. I, I really think he's got something incredibly special, like that the ability to really kind of tell the story. And it's a story that's just like captured the entire wrestling audience. Uh, and I'm really glad they're continuing it. Um, I thought, I, lo I love this main event. I thought even EC3 did a very good job here helping Gargano tell that story. It To me, it says something that they're willing to like let him lose cleanly. Even like, even though EC3 is in the midst of a, of a new program he's trying to build between him and Velveteen Dream, it shows me that they're they aren't afraid to prioritize their programs rather than try to protect everybody. Yeah, and I don't think it hurt EC3 really, um, because you're selling this story that Johnny's like gone too far and not really being sportsmanly as you should in the match. It it was a clean win, but it was almost in a dirty way. So I, I don't think it took away from EC3, but it's just building up this story which I'm absolutely loving mm -hmm. and usually i don't like seeing feuds go on too long but i i'm happy they're doing a well i'm assume i assume they've got to do the third um it's amazing yeah, I, that, the, that they've had so many big matches already and like the feud still feels fresh to me like i'm yeah. not I, like compare this to obviously you know maybe the worst example i could compare it to is sasha versus bailey but i mean i'm already tired of that and i don't even think they've had a singles match yet so or maybe one i don't even know uh, but yeah, yeah, it just kind of goes to show you how great uh, storytelling that they're doing here. Yeah, it, and just selling it throughout the whole show. Um, one of the things I used to like in the, in the Attitude Era was when you had all these stables, like everything was tied into a bigger story. So you had your undercard and midcard programs, but because they're all part of either the, the corporation or the Ministry of Darkness or whatever, they all had connection to a bigger story. And they're telling this throughout the whole show by having both um, both Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair um, like calling out Candice for being too tied up in what her husband's doing. Mm. It's 
it's tying everything into a bigger story and it and it makes sense all these characters are within the same world rather than just these separate isolated things so it makes it far much more believable absolutely yeah yeah yeah, if the Avengers, uh, you know, our shield goes down and if, if the aliens invade New York, I mean, all the other shows will have to make mention of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is about, like, the production style of the two shows. I think they're very different uh, beasts. I'm comparing NXT and Raw. Um, that that you don't kind of get that type of uh, intimacy and, and type of, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe attention to detail. Um but, uh, you know, this was a good kind of week for me to to catch this episode of NXT just so I can step back and say, like, hmm, this company can do kind of more detailed uh, adult storytelling. Yeah, it's been it's given the time. I think taping helps because you can have a story lined out for four or five weeks worth of TV mm-hmm. and tell it um, rather with Raw, it seems like sort of Sunday night and they're shit what are we doing tomorrow yeah um but mm-hmm. it's yeah i i'm i'm just loving this show at the moment i think they're they're really really going strong and it's it is exciting to think where where the main roster could go under a triple h run in the future mm-hmm. shall we head to some feedback absolutely right you um, want me to start yep go ahead we got to andrew from cape breton I love Shayna Baszler, but the biggest issue I have with her promos is she sounds like a 10-year-old boy. I can picture that boy being a bully, so she has that down at least. That NXT to women's division, they're killing her smalls. One big positive is the character and charisma that Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly have developed. Strong in particular is showing the most personality he's ever had in his career, and it does show that the Performance Center can help teach longtime veterans something they didn't have before. It's true, yeah. I think this cocky... Roddy is so much better uh, than the than the dad Roderick Strong we saw mm. at the beginning of his run. Definitely. Um and yeah, I do agree. Shay, I mean, you can't you can't help what your voice sounds like, yeah. but she does I, I I get the ten year old boy thing. I don't mind I, I really don't mind it myself. Um I I feel like that's a complaint I would probably make about Baron Corbin. Uh, but for some reason, I'm okay with Shayna Baszler sounding that way, especially like if her opponents are somebody like a Dakota Kai, who, I mean, it's supposed to be like, seems like a representative of like young children anyway. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, Jesse from the six, Davey, who do you think England will defeat in the World Cup final? And by how many goals will they win? Six, seven, it's coming home. Um... I think it'll be France in the final. Um, Whoa. I think it will go to the most dramatic penalty shootout of all time. It will go to sudden death. Uh, and it will go to the 11th man. And Pickford will score the winning penalty. Wow. I love it when they have the goalies take a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um <laughs> We got an Omri from Israel, an okay episode of NXT. The Velveteen Dijak match was great, and I really enjoyed the handicap match. Shayna couldn't stop smiling from the moment she came up to the ramp, which made her cutting a serious promo a bit weird and underwhelming. It's nice to see they're using the stakes and wake selfie promos to build up matches and not only for silly promos. The main event has left me feeling weird. As soon as EC3 got on offense, I reached for my phone, and I don't think I might be starting to get over that Gargano story. 
now he's becoming like Ciampa. We'll see where it goes for the weeks to come, but I'm losing interest fast. Kyrie Sane is a much better promo in English than Asuka or Nakamura. And finally, Davey, I have to say I'm disappointed that Colombia didn't pass, so all I'm left to cheer for is an Uruguay win. Other than the previous Croatia, oh, other than the obvious Croatia and England, who do you think makes it to the second side of the semifinals bracket? Um, I think it's going to be, yeah, England, Croatia, and France, Brazil. We'll okay. see. Um, who do you who, who? So is France your your dream opponent for England? No, I just I think they're looking really strong. Mm. I think they've they've had a good tournament. the The other side of the bracket is a lot tougher than our side. Like you've got. Right. Brazil, Belgium, France, and Russia. Like Russia keeps on escaping with these wins. Hmm. Um, like they're they're not a highly seeded team at all, but it is taking place in Russia, and they have been scraping these wins and beating huh. big teams. Interesting, um, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I think France, 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 Brazil, and Belgium, like all three, are looking pretty good. Um, the uh, the comment on the gargano story like he's he's not liking that he's becoming like champa i i am digging this i it reminds me of remember when sean michaels was calling out undertake of that second match at wrestlemania mm-hmm. when it became the retirement match yeah. it's reminding me of that build where he's being he's playing the baby face but he's being denied this opportunity so he's gonna have to keep on like turning to the dark side a bit to get eventually what he wants. I, I yeah, I mean I'm I'm totally captivated by it. I I feel like you you've only you've already gone so far with with both of them, you know, with Gargano doing the underdog story, trying to fight back. Um now you kind of have to add some wrinkles to it and and the wrinkle they've chosen is for Gargano to embrace his inner dark side, his inner champa, if you will, in order to try to get advantage and to, to, to become more powerful. And once you see the reaction to, you know, this character change from somebody like Candace, I mean, I, I, I think it, I think it's like, it's still very ripe. This, this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, Jalen from Pickering. Oh, is it you? I think it's you actually. Sorry. It's, okay. Uh, Jalen from Pickering. I think what makes NXT so good is that they let things breathe. You really get to soak in each segment. Santana Garrett looked more impressive than Dakota, and I don't get why she isn't signed. The Mighty have unfortunately been dubbed a name incredibly fitting when you compare them to the other teams. And I loved Gorgonzola's uh, descent into darkness. However, I didn't need Mauro spelling out every subtlety, illusion, and callback to me. NXT Mm. is great right now. It feels like everyone is ultimately working towards a championship, so even personal or smaller feuds feel like they have more importance to them. Last thing, I know the tag division is stacked, but where the hell are my street profits? I need that source back. Honeymoon. Um, yeah, they're on their honeymoon. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, Montez Ford is. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I, I understand the complaint about um, Moro spelling out too many subtleties too, um, because sometimes I guess for a show like NXT that might be geared towards an older viewer, you kind of want to let some of the, the action speak for itself. Um, at the same time, I feel like some fans would be critical of announcers if they don't talk about some of the, if they don't help, you know, convey some of the, the, the physical acting that's been taking place in the ring. So 
you're kind of like in a bit of a tough dis- situation where some fans are uh, able to grasp a lot of those concepts more. But like, what if you're a fan who's just watching this for the first week? You yeah. didn't watch Takeover. Then you kind of need somebody like more to spell out all those things for you. Also, I, I have heard of um, blind people who follow right follow wrestling and yeah. and like the commentary and need the commentary to to see what's happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so you're right you you do need to call out to an extent what's going on uh there could be a finer balance between like not saying anything and overselling it mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm loving this whole feud again has had all these little nuances and callbacks which make it really good and make the video packages like excellent yeah. i can see the video package already of like ec3 sat there and mm. Champer and flicking between the two with Gargano's descent into chaos. Yeah, um, slow crossfade. Yeah, um, yeah, very nice. Right. Well, that's all the feedback for tonight. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it. Thank you very much for joining me this week, Way. Sorry, I know you were are recording a lot of stuff this week, um, but Not a I guess it's just. It's just prep. It's cardio before your big G1 run, I guess. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, on Saturday, uh, it's a pretty big day uh, on post-wrestling. And it's a pretty big day for, I think, uh, combat sports fans in general. On the free post-wrestling feed, uh, John Pollock will have a review of UFC 226. That is Stipe Miocic taken on Daniel Cormier in what looks to be the biggest card of the year, at least thus far. Uh, that he'll have a review of that on the free feed. I will be joining Dan the Mouth of Ransky and our friend Mike Murray for a review of the G1 Cow Palace special, uh, and that'll be on our Patreon feed. So uh, if you want to subscribe to that, that's $6 a month, and uh, you can go to postwrestlingcafe.com for details. And uh, Braden will be back next week. Uh, you can follow us, reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the Braid D, at Davy Portman. Please send me all of your World Cup gifts and memes. I'm loving all these It's Coming Home stuff at the moment. Um, support the boys. Come on, England. Uh, it's coming home. So it's a farewell from me. And hush. Ahoy! <laughs> Did I say that right? Hush. Yeah. All it's right. better if you drop the H. Oh. Like herbs. Hush. 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 <laughs> Got it. Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.